the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Weekday evenings on FM 101.5 and AM 1400, The Patriot. It's 6 o'clock talk with Daryl Wood. Host Daryl Wood brings you the day's news and trending topics as only he can with a unique blend of conservative opinion, constitutionalism, and thought-provoking analysis. Join the conversation. 6 o'clock talk with Daryl Wood. A daily look at the news in a way you won't hear anywhere else. Tune in to 6 o'clock talk with Daryl Wood on FM 101.5 and AM 1400, The Patriot. Or stream at PatriotDetroit.com. You are in, in what part of the country? <laughs> Southwest Colorado. Wonderful. How are you picking us up? Oh, I stream you guys on my uh, iPhone every day. Fantastic. Um, I, I am a resident of Sterling Heights, but uh, I frequently come to Southwest Colorado. I am just thrilled to be hearing from you out there in Colorado. Continue to listen, tune in again, and call at your earliest convenience. Godspeed. Run to Win with Daryl Wood, Monday through Friday at 4 p.m. on Faith Talk Detroit. This is Next Steps for Seniors with your host, Wendy Jones. Each week, Wendy brings resources and information to help guide you through those next steps for your elderly parent or loved one. Now, here's Wendy Jones with this week's guest. Good morning, and welcome to Next Steps for Seniors. I'm your host, Wendy Jones. And also, as you all know, I have a business called Next Steps for Seniors as well, And we are located in Michigan, but the reason for today's program is preparing you for tomorrow, today, because we need to know all the things that are coming in the future, and that's what we talk about on this program. So today's topic is proper planning, understand it, accept it, embrace it. How about that for a title? That's what we're talking about today. There are so many things that happen in life as we age, and we just are not prepared. And that's why you're tuning in today. That's why you're listening to this program. We're blessed to have my operations manager with me here today. Her name is Erica Ansel, and she is very knowledgeable in the industry. And she's been on my team for over a year, and I'm very blessed to have her. And what we're going to talk about, her and I together is everything I just said. We want you to know what to look at, when to look at it, if you can't stay at home anymore, what those options are. We want you to know about home care. We want you to know what the costs are. We want you to know about what's covered. We want you to know about what tests you need. These are all the things that we're going to talk about today. So we're thankful to have Erica. Good morning, Erica. Good morning, everybody. Good morning, Wendy. Thank you for being here. And thank you for your wealth of knowledge and sharing it with our community because we all need to learn. Absolutely. Senior living is kind of a mystery for a lot of our families that we talk to every week. I know myself, my family is still in in the mystery portion because they just don't quite understand what senior living is today. And one of the most important things that I have been preaching for well over a decade now is senior living today is not the nursing home that your grandparents lived in. The 70s, the 80s, the 90s, early 2000s, 
There are so many different programs and types of senior living now today that we don't need to just go into the nursing home. We're able to sustain at home. We're able to move into community and really get to enjoy a lifestyle as we age with grace. Aging with grace is the, is the key word that you just said there. Because guess what, everyone? It happens to all of us. There's no secret pill that you can take that you don't age. This happens to everyone. So why not talk about it and be prepared for it? So the first question I have, Erica, that I want to kind of throw out to our listeners is how, how do you know that it might be time to move out of the space that you're in? So a space meaning, let's say you're in your seventies, you're starting to forget a little bit. You're starting to leave the stove on. Like what are those things that start happening where you're like, "Mm, this might not be good. Absolutely. So we kind of have to, it's kind of a double-edged sword a little bit, right? So signs and symptoms are a little bit different for every single person. However, like Wendy said, as your as your aging loved one is forgetting to turn the stove off after they cook, or maybe they're putting their telephone in the fridge, or maybe their ice cream was found in with their bowls mm, and their <laughs> bowl is in the fridge. Um, those are signs and symptoms that we definitely need additional support. Some other signs and symptoms are just the overwhelming feeling of, I don't want to do my laundry anymore. Oh, it's and it's so much work just to stand and do the dishes and to cook and that we're finding our seniors are just not getting the nutrition that they need because they're malnourished because they're living on maybe a peanut butter and jelly sandwich once a day and then maybe a small frozen meal for dinner. But when their families take them out, they always order enough to take home for a couple of Mm. additional meals. One of the other things, and that's a great point, one of the other things I was thinking about is driving. So if you start hearing, I just don't want to drive at night anymore, mm-hmm. I don't feel safe in the car, these are, t- these are, these are you know, articulating words that are causing caution. Let's mm-hmm. be careful. Let's pay attention. If this person, if your loved ones are saying it, or if you're saying it too, if you're like, you know what, I just don't feel safe driving, that's a big deal. That means, and, and you're nervous because once you cut off driving, you think you lose your independence. But we're going to talk about how that's not always the case. Absolutely. A couple of other things to think about when we're considering senior living and what those signs and symptoms are. How many medications are we on? There's so many seniors and people who take five, eight, 12, if not more different medications throughout the entire day, and they need help organizing that medication. That sign and symptom number one is if we need a little bit of help organizing because the pills are overwhelming, or maybe you went over to spend a little bit of time with dad and you moved his favorite chair and you found a couple of days worth of random medication on the floor because his eyesight is starting to go and he can't feel that very, very small pill in his hand. So he can't count to nine and make sure it all makes it into his mouth. Those are signs and symptoms that we need additional support like senior living. Another sign and symptom may be when a medical event happens, but we'll talk more about that later. So some of the first things that you would do, let's just think through this in your head, is you would hopefully 
call your kids or family members for support. Absolutely. And you say, can you please bring me some food tonight? Or can you please drive me to this event? Or can you please, right? Because the first line is really family support. And then if the family is there for you, and I'm just going to tell a quick story. I have a brother, sister right now. The sister is 100% supporting the brother. She's doing absolutely everything. And she's exhausted because guess what? She's 83. And the brother, he's happy as can be because he's got his sister there to help him. But little does he know she's ready to keel over and die. She's exhausted. I mean, exhausted. So who calls us? The sister. She's like, what do I do? So that's why we're having this radio program today because we want to share what you do do when you're in that situation. Because he did follow the first number one. He followed family support, but he never moved on to number two. And therein lies the problem. And that's what we are here to help you do. And we're going to help this particular family do that. Number two would be home care. Let's try to keep them independent. Let's try to keep them in the home that let's bring in. So so share with us what... Um, home care is. Sure. So there's two different types of home care, but we're talking about private duty home care, where for just a couple of hours a week or up to 24 hours a day, what you're doing is allowing somebody, a third party person who's been vetted by a company who's been trained to not only clean and cook, they're oftentimes able to take your loved ones to and from doctor's appointments and maybe to and from the grocery store. So they're still able to feel independent without driving. A lot of our families who use the private duty home care caregivers actually keep mom and dad's car at their house because then they get to be in their own car when they're going over to the grocery store or when they're running up to the drugstore to pick up their medications. So private duty home care caregiver can come in and they're able to help your aging parent or loved one take a shower twice a week because they're afraid they're going to fall. So they don't take showers as frequently because they're afraid to fall. Um, They're also able to help meal prep. So if they come in two to three times per week, they can cook a couple of meals and throw it in the fridge so they're easily reheated. They're also able to help clean, do the laundry, and, you know, I have to tell you that my grandmother had one and, uh, not my grandmother, rather, a, a good friend of mine's grandmother had a private duty caregiver. They used to take her to the bingo hall because that's what, that's what grandma wanted to do. She wanted to go to the bingo hall. So they went to the bingo hall every Tuesday and she cleaned up every single week. But that kept her independent and that kept her great at home until she had a fall. Okay, some of the other options, which I'm so glad we're moving into this, is the senior centers. You can go there every day, all day long, like Erica just said, and they'll even give you lunch. So this is a way to maintain your independence, but still feel involved. So, and you've got your socialization, and you've got somebody kind of keeping an eye on you, right? Because you're there every day, and when something does, or if things start, you know, declining, someone's going to call you and be like, hey, your mom didn't make it here, or whatever the case is. Absolutely. We hear stories all the time from senior centers, and especially from senior centers who run the Meals on Wheels programs, which is an amazing benefit. So we hear from senior centers and the people who run Meals on Wheels that says, you know what? I can't tell you how many times where our clients that we're dropping off food food and meals to were the only person they see in a day. And they see that person 
two to three times per week. They drop off two to three meals per week or you know, per, per visit, but sometimes they're the only people that they see in that day and they know that they're alive. I know that there was one Meals on Wheels person as I placed a family a little over a year ago now mm-hmm. that Meals on Wheels saw that dad had fallen. And thank goodness, because how would they know? And mm-hmm. I'm going to get into that in the next segment, because there is guardian medical alert buttons, medical managing buttons where they can push or that when they fall, they're alerted. There's cameras you can put in your house. These are all options when your parents and your loved ones are still at home. Let's start putting some support around so you can see, you can manage, you can be informed. You don't want to be that person that gets a call five years later and they're like, guess what? Your mom's not safe. You want to be the person who's ahead of the game. And that's why we're here today. We're going to be back in just a moment. Wendy Jones, and you're listening to The Patriot, FM 101.5, AM 1400. Welcome back to Next Steps for Seniors. Our topic today, proper planning, understand it, accept it, and embrace it. And I'm here today with Erica Ansel, as I mentioned, my operations manager. And I'll tell you, this process we're talking through is so critical and so important. Grab your notebooks, take notes. This is information everybody wants to know for your loved ones. In talking about home care, which we were just talking about, some of the things and the support you could put around your loved ones was the medical alert buttons and the cameras that you can see on your phone. Okay, is mom watching TV? What is she doing? Is she cooking? Did she leave the stove on? Then you're aware, right? We just mm-hmm. need to be aware because we're we're in a fast-paced world right now, and sometimes we don't visit mom except for every Sunday. And if that's the case, what's happening Monday through Saturday? Absolutely. So just having that extra support, like we were talking about with Meals on Wheels, and also having those cameras in the living room or in the kitchen, just to kind of see what's going on with mom, just so you can peek in. But I will say, if you're worried and you're putting in a camera, that is you're the already time cause for, yeah. to call Next Steps for Seniors to say, hey, I don't know what my mom's doing throughout the week, and I'm a little worried. Now let's go back to caregivers with the private duty home care. So something that our seniors and quite frankly, me, myself, I don't like change. And but something that we have to be ready for, especially when we have family members coming in to take care of mom and dad and grandma and great aunt Susie, is that it's not always going to be consistent with the same person every time. So it's so very important that when we're talking about looking into private duty caregivers in the home care sector to come into mom's house, to ask them to be introduced to a couple of different people who may cover those shifts at mom and dad's house so they get used to every single caregiver and everybody understands their routines and what they need help with. So that way it's a seamless transition from Monday to Wednesday to Friday, if those are the days that they come in. Especially now, you know, post-COVID, thank goodness, and masks have been lifted at the hospitals and at your doctor's offices. But we do have to recognize that there has been a caregiver shortage. I was reading um, an article the other day, and we in the United States of America have more family caregivers than anyone in the world. Almost 40% of our family members take care of a loved one. 
So, and think about that. And the, some of the, that 40% are also caregivers and communities and they're private duty home caregivers. So there is a little bit of a shortage because we're kind of running the we're candle. running on empty is what yeah, we're doing. We're running yes. the candles at both ends and, and making ends meet. So we just have to remember that we're aging gracefully, but we're also people taking care of people. Amen. Amen. Some of the pros to a licensed home care company would be the fact that if someone doesn't show up, the company's going to call and get you a substitute. It's not on you or your loved ones to try to find somebody. Uh, they're licensed. They're insured. If something happens, a fall it's all covered. So those are the those are the pros to that. The cons are like she mentioned, you might have different caregivers coming in. It's an, it's kind of on a rotation as long as you understand and know all of them, that's not such a bad thing. Obviously, it's private pay out of pocket costs. Home care can run anywhere from $29 to $33 an hour ish. Um, depending on level of care, where you're at, etc. So keep, and that's per hour. So keep that in the back of your head. There's usually a minimum number of hours, like four to six. So this adds up. This adds up. Now, of course, every family wants to keep their loved ones home as long as possible. But what I want to share with you is there does come a point in time, and it's different for everyone, that you may need to move into a community. And here, and I'm, we're going to give you some of those samples. I'm going to start with one would be when the cost of home care outweighs the cost of a senior living community. That would be a time to go, hmm, I'm spending $13,000 a month for home care caregivers, and I'll only be spending 6000 for a community. That might be a moment in time where you go, hmm, it's time to move. Mm-hmm. Another time to move is when we are frequenting to the hospital or urgent care or to our physicians more frequently because we have some urinary tract infections that have become chronic and recurring. We want to make sure that our loved ones are safe that way if we're finding that we're having falls. And now a fall is defined a couple of different ways. A fall could be a slip out of mom's favorite chair. It is considered a fall. It is a medical event because our core is not engaging as much, keeping us as upright, as well as the, well, I just took a tumble going up the stairs. All of these falls need to be taken very seriously. And if they're happening more than once every 12 months, that is cause for alarm because we might need to be around more people and we might actually have to take a look at medication management, which is what senior livings will do for you. They'll take a look at your medications and they'll work with those physicians to make sure you're on the right dosage for your height, for your weight, for your age and your kidney function. So I want to share, you bring up a great point about the falls. I want to share something in regards to our fire department. So many of the fire departments have what they call a lift and assist. So if your loved one falls and is on the floor and you can't get them up, you can call the fire department and they will come out and help you get your loved one out. So another time when you might realize that you can't live at home anymore is if you're calling the fire department on a regular basis to get them off the floor. If you're calling once a month, that's too much. I'm just being honest. I mean, being transparent, you should not have to call the fire. The fire department should not be at your house 12 times a year. And if they are, you're not living safely. We need to move you into a community. And some of the communities, now we're going to transfer into how do you know what a community offers and which one to choose? Because 
There's a lot of different ones. Like Erica said, nursing home is what everybody thinks. I Don't move me into a home. This is what they all say. I don't want to go to a home. Well, guess what? It's not what you think it is. It's it not is a not. nursing home. There's so many amazing things out there that people just are not aware of. So share with us, Erica, what would be the first step if they were just moving out of their house? Well, the first step if we're taking a look into senior living is obviously called Next Steps for Seniors. We have a team of placement specialists. We have 14 people. And what we do is we ask some really hard questions about what your loved one likes to do, what kind of TV shows they listen to, what do their meals look like, what kind of medications they're on. You ask the expert. It's like, you know, asking an electrician to fix your plumbing. You want to go to the right expert to find you the right place. So that way we have proper care with proper planning so you can embrace it and you can accept it and you can understand where senior living is. Um, but there's several different types of senior living. And just like Wendy mentioned, not all senior living is the nursing home of the 70s, the 80s, and the 90s. Um, I kind of like to talk about it in a certain order. So when we talk about senior living and the different options, if we're looking at mom just needs a little bit of support, maybe a meal or two a day, she's still pretty independent. Um, still going to Kmart and shopping, but she doesn't want to do her oh, laundry. Oh, come on. Kmart's gone and I miss it. I miss it, it too. It is my favorite. My grandma used to call it Kmart. Uh-huh. I miss Kmart. Okay, go ahead. Sorry. Um, you know, they just, she just goes to the Walmart now, I guess, or Meyer or Kroger's and, but she's not really cooking a lot because there's nobody there for her to cook for. So independent living is a great option for a lot of our seniors. Their lifestyle of independent living is much like theirs at home. There is generally a call button that they press in the morning by 10 or 11 o'clock in the morning to say that they're there and that they're awake. There's no cause for alarm. They offer one to three meals every day. There's somebody, there's a concierge that sits at the front desk and greets everybody. And they're still going down and picking up their meal at the postage, at the postage um, PO box that they have in community. So it feels like they live in an apartment with just a little bit of support. Now, these independent living communities can range in price, you know, from two to four thousand dollars. But what they also have are third party independent care companies as well to help as we start to slip a little bit more. And maybe mom's not going down to bingo because she's using a rollator walker and she can't walk that far. So these third party care companies are able to come in and help with showers, help with escorts to and from the dining room because socialization is so very important as well as to and from the activities because I don't know if anybody's been there, but some of your independent living companies and communities are like a cruise ship. There's oh, more sure. activities going on there than there is at the senior center. And if you've been to the OPC next in Birmingham, they're always busy. People moving around, talking, socializing. The number one thing, and this is a con back to the home care, is you're by yourself. You're by yourself with a caregiver. An opportunity to be with a ton of other people is huge when it comes to socialization. Like-minded individuals. Exactly. People have been through the same thing that you're going through, maybe in a different way, but very similar. This is why it's so important to understand the difference. And I love that you just explained independent living. Stay tuned because we're going to talk about the difference between independent 
and assisted living in the next segment. And then we'll get into the costs later on. You're listening to The Patriot, FM 101.5, AM 1400. Welcome back to Next Steps for Seniors. Each and every week, we bring pertinent information to share with you. And as you were just hearing, we talked about independent living. We're moving in this segment into assisted living and what those differences are. So Erica, share with our listeners the difference between independent and assisted. And listeners, let me just say, say this is the this is the accept it, embrace it part. <laughs> Absolutely. It's also part of the, partly it the is. understand part too. You're right, you're right. So independent living really was truly designed for the independent senior age, 65 and older, really into the lifestyle. Um, they have changed over times where they're able to take a little bit more care and they're able to age in place for a long time. Assisted living really is for the senior and person who needs additional help with those activities of daily living, like medication management, transfers in and out of bed, to and from the bathroom, to and from the dining room. They're also for the people with very early memory loss. The biggest difference between assisted living and independent living is the way that they're licensed. Independent living is considered fair housing, whereas assisted living is typically licensed as HFA, which stands for Home for the Aged, or AFC, Adult Foster Care, which also may have a negative connotation. We'll definitely talk about that one next. But assisted living typically houses anywhere between 20 and 100 people. There are nurses who are on staff, typically Monday through Friday. They're on call when they're not in the building, but they are staffed 24 hours per day by caregivers who have to go through a pretty rigorous background check. They're also... um, there is a, a huge background check, and I think that's important to understand, too, because you want to know that they know who's caring for your loved one. Absolutely. Everybody goes through a rigorous background check. They also have to go through a lot of training. The state of Michigan has fairly high standards to make sure that every single person goes through the 12 or 14 trainings every single year, even if they're a certified nursing assistant. So that assisted living also can be a one-bedroom apartment, just like those independent living. So the feel of being independent, even though our disease or whatever medical condition is is happening at the moment, you're still able to feel independent and have your own belongings. Your families can still come visit. A lot of families that I visit with still have dining room tables, just small ones in their mom and dad's rooms. And those are my favorite places to sit. I still sit at a dining room table every night for dinner. So, but they're able to go out and move about in the community. There is also typically a bus. So they're able to go out once or twice a week. I just saw the other day that a local community took their residents to Belle Isle. Now, I, I don't know. It. I don't know about you, but I love a trip down to Belle Isle every once in a while. So as we talk about assisted living, it only feels right to talk about memory care communities as well. So assisted living and memory care are both a type of assisted living. Memory care has a focus for those individuals with cognitive impairment like dementia or worsening cognitive impairment, like if somebody has Parkinson's and Parkinson's dementia or Lewy body dementia 
or possibly somebody with a traumatic brain injury may be able to move into a memory care community where the support just tightens up a little bit more. So assisted living, typically you'll have a 1 to 12, 1 to 14 ratio caregiver to residents. Whereas in a typical memory care, we're going to see 1 to 7, 1 to 9. Sometimes it's even as low as 1 to 5. But they're both assisted livings and they're both very regulated by the state of Michigan. At any one point in time, the state of Michigan come in and say, hey, I would like to see four of your charts and I want to talk with their family members. It's an important fact she just brought up because not many people know that you are, when you're licensed, there's an annual survey. They come in every year to check out the situation. Mm -hmm. So I don't know about you, but I'd rather have my family member in a place that we know there is somebody keeping an eye on it, if you know what I mean. Absolutely. And let's not keep, let's, let's not discount the fact that there's physicians who come into all of these places. So mom, who really doesn't like to go out in the middle of January because it's cold, she doesn't have to go out anymore. Her primary care physician will come right to her room. Her podiatrist, every 62 days, I think Medicare pays for it, will come right to her room. They even have portable dentists and they have people come in who are senior psychology um, and psychiatric services come into the building. Everybody is there for you. Mm-hmm. It really is fantastic. So I have a quick story I want to share, Erica, about this because I had a client today call me whose parents were in independent living for four years and dad fell and is now in the hospital, actually in rehab now. So the phone call today said, you know what? Dad's not walking. He can't even get out of bed without help. I don't think he can go back to independent living. And I was so thankful that he told me this because, of course, this is the time to transition. So this is just an example, listeners, of when it's time to transition to assisted living. You can't get out of bed by yourself. You're not able to walk at all. You need a lot more care. You've got to make the transition because otherwise you don't have the proper support around you if you stay in independent living. And it's just going to fail. So our... And with more proper support around us, you're actually going to feel more independent than you possibly did before, because you're going to be able to move to and from the community with just a matter of pressing a button because a caregiver will be there in five to six minutes instead of pressing a button and waiting for 911 to come because you've called the Guardian Medical Life Alert button. Right, right. Let's talk about AFC. You mentioned that earlier. AFC is Adult Foster Care Home. They are, and they are also licensed by the state of Michigan. There's a couple of different groupings that they have. So we have adult foster cares for the disabled, for our individuals. In other words, called group homes. Yes. And many people have may have heard this, but it's important to know that a group home is different than an, a home for the aged. Absolutely. And that is what we're talking about. And we call it residential care home. So mm-hmm. it's someone's nice house where you physically move in and there's caregivers there 24-7. This setting to me has a high level of care. Someone is there to listen. I need help. They're right there. They can hear you. When you're in a large community, sometimes 
you have to push the button and you're waiting a little bit longer than you would if someone was down the hall saying, oh, I'm on my way to your room. So it's the level of care that you need. Yeah, absolutely. There's a little bit more intimacy at an adult foster care home, a residential care home. You you have one to two caregivers, sometimes three, depending on the level of care needed, acuity needed in the community. But they make everything fresh homemade. I was in one the other day and they were making chili and they had the most delicious cornbread in the oven. I was like, Ooh, I thought I had to have some of that for lunch. (laughs) Um, but you get the home cooked food. You get the same three or four people who work every single day. So you really get to form a bond, but it also feels like we're at home You're able to bring all of your own belongings, just like you can with independent and assisted and memory care. But you can bring your own belongings. You can bring your own TV and stay up as late as you want or go to bed as early as you want. Okay, we have two minutes left in this segment. Let's tell everyone about how much this costs. Because the number one misnomer, everyone thinks this is covered by insurance. It is not. Insurance, unfortunately, it pays for your skilled nursing and rehab, your subacute rehab stay, which is typically anywhere from 14 to 20 days. Insurance pays for part of your emergency visits, but they do not pay for senior living. It is private pay. So independent living on average can cost around $3,000 per month. Whereas your assisted living and memory care both may average between five and $8,000 per month. It really depends on your level of care. Your adult foster cares typically average between four and $6,000 per month, depending on the acuity of care that your loved one needs. So it really just depends on what physical needs that they need help with, and then maybe what type of medical attention and medical supervision for medication management and so on and so forth in order to make sure that they're able to provide that correct level of care with that intimate feel. And your minds may be circling right now going, how do I know which one is the right for my loved one? And that's when you need to call a company like ours. This is an important factor because we have all that knowledge. We have all that information. We have a database full of information, pictures, pricing. You don't need to figure it out by yourself. You just need to call someone who knows this information. Mm -hmm. And that's why we're here. So I just want to share that with you before we move into this next segment. So we talked about already, we talked about home care, we talked about family support first, then home care, then community and all the different types of communities out there. And then we talked about costs. And now we're going to share with you What other way besides paying it out of pocket, you can actually pay for this? And that would be your veterans. That would be long-term care insurance and, you know, different programs that are there for you as far as pricing goes, because it's not, it's, it's definitely out of pocket. It's money that you've saved your whole life for. And why not spend it on yourself? Because guess what? You can't take it with you. (laughs) You're listening to the Patriot FM 101.5 AM 1400. You're listening to The Patriot, FM 101.5, AM 1400. Welcome back to Next Steps for Seniors, preparing you for tomorrow, today. And our topic today, as we were talking about earlier, is proper planning. And I really feel like we've touched on a lot of steps and what's available to you. But moving into this last segment, I want to share some of the tests that you might need and paperwork 
to move into a community because people are somewhat blindsided. If you have a loved one in the hospital and they have to move straight into a community and all of a sudden you get all this paperwork, you're like, what is this? And so we want to educate you that on a little bit. Absolutely. Paperwork in itself is overwhelming. Moving into senior living is even more overwhelming with the paperwork. So firstly, one of the first tests that you need to ensure that is done for your loved one before they move is they have to have a yearly chest x-ray. It sounds a little mundane. Why are we doing it? But what the chest x-ray provides is a clear view as if somebody is free and clear of a communicable disease like TB. Even though it's not happening frequently anymore, it is still a communicable disease that we have to be conscientious of because we are working with a protected group of individuals. We have to keep our seniors safe. We have to keep our community safe. We have to be able to treat anything that comes into community. And just so you know, if you need to get a chest x-ray, there is mobile x-ray that can come to your house, that can come to your community, wherever wherever they are. Hospitals, anytime you're in the hospital, is going to do a chest x-ray. Absolutely. Another place you can go to is also urgent care. There's a couple of different urgent cares where if you didn't want to run it through mom and dad's insurance, it may cost you between $50 and $100. You can just have one on file, which is great. And then we know that mom and dad is, are safe and we're not worried about any pleural effusions or nodules or anything like that. A couple of other pieces of paperwork that you'll need to provide is after you pick a community. There's typically a physician's plan of care that gets sent over and they may hand it to you, but typically most communities will fax or email over to the doctor. It's anywhere from one to five pages long, and it really is a brief medical history. Did we have cancer? Do we have a chronic um, kidney infection? Do we have kidney disease? Do we have heart disease? Does somebody have uh, congestive heart failure? So any of those pieces are so important for the treatment in medical treatment inside community to ensure that if maybe someone's being a little short of breath, we know that it's the CHF versus them being sick. So they're able to help properly diagnose and treat, but also be able to make accommodations. Some we also the- want to make sure not to cut you off. We also want to make sure medications, you have a list of the medications and you have scripts because we didn't mention this earlier, but the assisted living and memory care they have a pharmacy that they use and you'll get those meds from the pharmacy directly to the community and then they'll administer those for you, especially in assisted living and memory care. Independent, you have an option to do it on your own if you know what every pill is and what it means. If not, then they'll be doing it for you in the assisted living and memory care. Absolutely. So having those scripts on hand, if we know when they're moving, typically doesn't take long. But if something's going to hang up to move into assisted living or memory care, it probably is that physician's plan of care with those prescriptions, as well as a copy of the recent chest x-ray. What are other ways to pay? Do we cover everything that you need to get into a community? What For the most miss? part, there's other paperwork that you have to do the within the community. physician paperwork is really key, though. But the physician paperwork is the most important. They'll ask you a whole bunch of more information and discovery, like what was mom's favorite TV show or what kind of ice cream does she like? And all of that's in that paperwork that you're going to fill out. Because they want to cater to your parent. Yeah, they want to cater to their loved ones. So they want to know everything about you. So paying for it. So we talked about this being out-of-pocket expense. And there are other ways outside of 
taking it out of your savings account. Like if you served our country, which thank you to everyone who did. And you're a veteran. Yes, thank you to all of our veterans. So our veterans have a deserved benefit called Veterans Aid and Attendance. Um, Roundly, a surviving spouse could receive around $1,300 in benefits. A month. A month. A surviving veteran themselves, around $2,000 per month. And then a surviving spouse with veteran, around $2,400 a month. In additional income, how amazing is that? It's such a deserved benefit. I will say that you do have to serve during specific war period times. So if you have any questions, just give us a call. Long-term care insurance. Now, this is the hottest topic, I think, of 2023 in senior living. And we're going to do a whole segment on this in the future because this is important. I agree. So long-term care insurance, just like that life insurance that we've invested into and paid those premiums all this time, long-term care insurance really is almost like a life insurance that helps you pay for your senior living. So that premium of maybe $2,000 per year could greatly benefit you for two to three years, where that may pay out anywhere between $3,000 and $8,000 per month. It's just so important for everybody to start looking into to be able to invest in your future because we really don't know how long we're going to be able to live. We don't understand how the cost is going to change. And it's something that we just have to come to come to a parting with. So in your head, listeners, if you can just be thinking, so $6,000 a month times 12 months for one person. Now, if you're married, that's another $6,000 for your spouse for 12 months. Do you have that money right now for you two to live for a year? Now multiply that because guess what? You're going to live more than a year. So now you got to do that for two years and three years. So this is how I want you to be thinking about it. And if you don't have that kind of money, start saving now or buy a long-term care policy because you don't want to be stuck with no options. Absolutely. And unfortunately, it does cost money. Our Medicaid and Medicare system was a short-term fix to a long-term problem. And we're going to explain in the next four minutes how Medicare and Medicaid work. And you can do this. I know you can. (laughs) Absolutely. So Medicare is your insurance coverage. You have Part A, you have Part B, and then you have Part D. I won't go into a whole lot of detail, but that's your hospitalization coverage, your subacute care rehab, so that short stay, you know, 7 to 21 days. And then it also has a pharmacy benefit to it as well, where once you hit a certain dollar amount with your supplemental insurance, but that is all that Medicare pays for. Medicare does not pay for assisted living. Now on the flip side, we're going to go back to this is not the nursing home that your grandparents lived in in the 70s, the 80s, and the 90s, but we have to talk about nursing centers. And in order to do that, we have to talk about Medicaid. So Medicaid are for the individuals who have spent all of their savings taking care of themselves. For those individuals who were unable to prepare for this time in their lives and they need additional support, but there are financial 
look backs that they take a look at up to five years that they take a look back, see what your savings is like. They take a look at those activities of daily living that you need help with. And they're going to refer to them as doors. There's seven doors that you have the ability to open with Medicaid in order for Medicaid to pay for your stay at a skilled nursing facility. So that is the traditional nursing home. Now, mind you, some of them are wonderful in their private rooms. Most of the time, we're going to have a roommate or two in a nursing center, but we do know that your loved one is going to be taken care of as best as possible. So Medicaid is important to understand after you've exhausted every single dollar that you have. There is an option. And thank you to the state of Michigan and to our government who has created Medicaid for our low-income seniors. But just so we know, there is a big gap between Medicaid and what it costs to move in to a community, which as we talked about between three and $8,000 a Absolutely. month. And that gap right there is what our foundation, Next Steps for Seniors Foundation, is helping fill. We call it the forgotten middle. There is a large group of seniors, and believe it or not, it's growing because our baby boomers are getting older, and we're going to have more seniors in this country than ever before in history. And because disease states are coming on earlier, I mean, I just talked to a lady yesterday, ALS, she is 52 years old. We're getting, we're getting sicker a lot younger, and we're living a lot longer. And there's less money than ever before. So do you see the problem? It's very serious. And that's why I started the foundation and the team that we have that is really passionate about helping this forgotten middle is such a blessing because it is going to be an impeding problem. If it's not already now, it will be in about eight years when everybody's over the age of 65. And we see that we don't have many options available. So Erica, we touched on a lot today. I had to throw that in because Absolutely. I love what we do. I'm thankful that we see the problem and we're able to put something in place to fix it. We talked about a lot today. Is there any takeaways that you want to throw out in the last 30 seconds here for our listeners to embrace? So the one thing that I do want to talk about is how we calculate the cost of senior living and the average. So if we take the average income of 2500 you have an average cost of 5500 And if somebody has about $125,000 worth of savings, not only are they in a pretty good spot, but they typically are able to pay for their senior living for about 36 months. Fantastic. Thank you for listening. You're listening to The Patriot FM 101.5 AM 1400. You've been listening to this week's edition of Next Steps for Seniors with your host, Wendy Jones. You can reach Wendy with any questions you have at area 248-651-5010. That's 248-651-5010. Join us again next week as Wendy provides more information and resources for those important next steps for your elderly parent or loved one. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.